name is Dr. James Cudrell from UT Southwestern in Dallas, and I'm a member of the Shea Publications Committee, as well as the chair of the Shea Journal Club. And we're really excited today to be talking with Dr. David Calfee, uh, editor-in-chief of Itchy, as well as Dr. Gonzalo Bierman, editor-in-chief of Ashy. So I wanted to start, Dr. Calfee, just tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and, and what you do. Hi, so yeah, I'm David Calfee. I am an infectious disease physician and hospital epidemiologist. I am at the Weill Cornell Medical Center uh, here in New York City, and I've been doing healthcare epidemiology for over 20 years now, I guess. have been involved in Shea in a number of ways over the years, uh, contributor, reviewer, more recently an associate editor, and then as of now, uh, the editor-in-chief. Uh, Happy to be here and to take on this new role. Great. And Dr. Bierman, tell us about yourself. Hi, uh, hello everyone. It's an absolute pleasure to be with all of you. Gonzalo Bierman, I'm at Virginia Commonwealth University where I serve the institution uh, as the chair or chief of infectious diseases. I've also served as a healthcare epidemiologist uh, since 2003 up until this year. So I have ample experience there. I've been with the Society of Healthcare Epidemiology since my fellowship days back at uh, Wild Cornell. And I've had the pleasure to serve Shea on various uh, committees such as on the board. I've also been the guidelines committee and I was the chair of the guidelines committee. And now I have the great pleasure and honor to be the editor-in-chief of the inaugural year of ASHI. So it's a pleasure. Yeah, welcome to you both. I'll maybe pitch this first question to Dr. Calfee. You know, becoming an editor-in-chief of a big journal like Itchy seems like such a, an aspirational thing. So what got you first interested in publishing and what's it like to think about taking over from someone like Dr. Bradley, who's been in that role for so long? Yeah, I know it's definitely, uh, I don't want to say big shoes, but good shoes to fill um, after Sue's 15 years as the editor. I would have to say I've been interested in this field for quite some time. It's probably even from early fellowship days. I was uh, remember this, the excitement I had when I published my first article. I think it was in Itchy, in fact. And my mentor at one point had been uh, an editor of Itchy. So I think I got to see a little bit behind the scenes and really be got an early appreciation for the importance of the peer review process, publication, and the dissemination of research. So research, really important, but if without journals uh, and ways to efficiently disseminate peer-reviewed results, we really wouldn't be able to advance science and medicine the way we have. So I think all along the way, I've had those early experiences and then served as a reviewer, not only for Itchy, but other journals in our field over the past 20 years. And so really just kept developing that interest and those skills and was able to work with Sue for a number of years as an associate editor. And now trying to remember everything she taught me and uh, have her on speed dial as I formally take on this new role. But it's, it's been a great experience. I'm really excited about it. And it's a great team here at Shea and at Itchy to work with. No, that's great to hear. Maybe turning to Dr. Behrman, how did you get interested in publishing and what's it like being the editor-in-chief for a new journal that's, that's launching? I imagine there's some unique challenges as well as opportunities with that. Sure. So I guess being the editor-in-chief for a new unique journal, perhaps there may be a little bit less pressure than picking up on the reins of some, a really successful project that's been going on for many years. Nevertheless, it's still very exciting. And our goal, of course, is to continue in the academic and kind of high-quality tradition of Shea and also infection control hospital epidemiology so that we're you know a companion journal to them and really publishing innovative important things that hopefully will change practice both in healthcare epidemiology and also antimicrobial stewardship 
The other question you asked me was regarding when did I, how did I get, or when did I get interested in publishing? Yeah. Well, I guess I've had some good influences over the years, certainly back in fellowship days and even in residency, I got very excited, much like Dr. Calfee publishing my first manuscript. Uh, reading and writing have always been very important to me. And I was also influenced heavily by Richard P. Wenzel, who was one of the founding members of Shea, and I think may have been the initial or the founding editor of Itchy, who is here at BCU Emeritus now, who uh, actually have the honor of having the Richard P. Wenzel Endowed Professorship. Uh, I have that in my title. So he's been very influential to me in, with respect to reading, writing, publishing, editing. So that's a bit of the backdrop there. Yeah, that's great to hear. So the next question that I wanted to ask, and I'd love to hear each of you kind of reflect on this, is just as we think about just the volumes of research publications that go out there now, the question becomes, you know, what is it that truly is translated to inform and to change practice? You even talked about that, Gonzalo. So how do we prioritize research that's really going to inform and change practice? And what do you think journals, particularly Itchy and Ashy, can do to try to uh, really be sure that the, what's being published is presented and disseminated in a way uh, that is going to impact actually patient care? Uh, I think that's a great question. And we certainly know there are gaps between research and practice. Uh, and I think, you know, fortunately, we have seen a, a big increase in interest and output related to implementation science and really teaching people and helping us to, to fill that gap between research and practice and publishing more in that realm, uh, doing more research in that realm will be critically important to move, to move us forward. I also think keeping up with the times uh, and making sure that we are getting our content out to people in a way that they will find it and use it and see it. So engaging more with social media, talking about webinars, various things that we can do. The Itchy Podcast is coming back in 2022. So just ways that we can make sure that we're getting this great information that people are publishing out to the people on the front lines who use it. So I would add to that, that of course, everyone seeks high quality multi-center prospective cluster randomized trials that should have major impact on whatever practices or policies were going to affect in healthcare infection prevention or even, even antimicrobial stewardship. But we also seek, this is really important, things coming from the front line, implementation science, concise communications, perspectives, and high quality reviews from experts in the field of infection prevention and healthcare epidemiology and, of course, antimicrobial stewardship. Those tend to be really well received and have higher downloads and greater alt metrics. I also want to mention that for, for us, us being ASHI, what may be unique at this time, may not be always unique, but is that we are freely open access. So you don't, there's no paywall, there's no subscription, there's no print journal. And I think we're trying to satisfy what many investigators seek, which is they want to be accessible, they want to be read, they want to be indexed, they want to be downloadable, and they want to share their work with individuals. We can do that. We're excited about it. We're also trying to have a large reach to really connect with low and middle income countries and go a little bit beyond the North America realm. Yeah, I think that's great to hear. So Dr. Calfi, I want to pick up on something you mentioned, which was staying relevant and staying up with the time. So as we look forward, what do you think are some areas of research or topics that may be particularly hot either for researchers wanting to publish their work or for journal readers? Well, certainly in the past year or two, COVID has been one of those hot topics. And we know Shea has really published, and, and Itchy uh, has published a lot that's been really 
useful, I think, to the, to the frontline teams taking care of patients and trying to protect their staff, their healthcare workers. Uh, we just learned recently that by early December, the COVID content in Itchy has been downloaded more than 1.3 million times. So that's definitely a hot topic right now. Hopefully, <laughs> that won't be such a hot topic for too much longer. You know, we'd like to, to get through this and on to other things. But I think one thing that COVID has done is it has helped us identify some vulnerabilities in our healthcare uh, systems, our infection prevention programs. And so hopefully, we'll be able to use that to generate new studies about how we become more resilient and how we plan for future epidemics and pandemics. We also talked about earlier implementation science and bridging that gap between research and practice. And so I think more in that realm is going to be seen in the coming years. Other yeah. things like artificial intelligence and machine learning and uh, electronic health data and using all of those things for surveillance, outbreak investigation and prevention, I think are all going to be things that we see more of. Dr. Beerman, do you have anything you would add in terms of hot topics or maybe areas of interest that y'all are looking for at ASHI? Well, those are all hot topics uh, for us and for Itchy and really for many, many medical journals. But I also want to touch on the concept of diversity, disparities, equity. And we're certainly trying to minimize some of the access gaps or increase the diversity, I should say, with ASHI, again, having an open access reach. And although there are article processing charges, those are either significantly reduced or simply waived for low and middle income countries. So we really want to encourage submissions for those areas and look at perspectives that may be less traditional in healthcare epidemiology, get perspectives or submissions from either organizational psychologists, more from PharmDs, more perhaps from PhDs that are still relevant to the practice of healthcare infection prevention and uh, antimicrobial stewardship with an eye, of course, on geographical reach. And that's something that we're trying to follow very closely in ASHI is say that not all of the submissions be coming from North America and from uh, Europe. So really, really trying to reach out now to South America, Central America, Asia, Africa, et cetera. That's great to hear. And I think having those diverse voices featured in both journals, you know, really will move the conversation forward. I want to pick up, I know, Dr. Calfi, you mentioned how COVID has changed medical practice and infection control and stuff. But I'm curious if you would reflect how has COVID changed the medical publishing and peer review process? And we see so many preprints. And so how has uh, those aspects of the COVID pandemic uh, affected the way that work happens on the kind of the publishing side of Shea and, and even the need for peer review? Yeah, well, first of all, I think this is a great opportunity to thank all of our people who have continued to do peer reviews despite their very busy lives in, uh, in the hospitals over the past two years. Without peer review, this process doesn't move forward. But to your specific questions uh, with regard to pre-reviewed um, things uh, that are being put out there and available, I think that's really been critical and something as rapidly changing as the COVID pandemic, particularly with regard to treatment, uh, some of the, the pharmacologic interventions and things like that. I don't know that that's really going to change scientific publishing for the longer term. I think there's still the peer review process is still critically important. We've certainly seen some changes in what's published pre-review versus what actually comes out in the peer-reviewed papers. So I think peer review is going to continue to be important. But I think we've also learned that our public really values more rapid access to things. So I think focusing on 
more rapid turnaround time of even just accepted and peer-reviewed publications is something that you'll see more of, accepted publications being available online and not waiting for formal uh, assignment to an issue. I think some of those things, so that more rapid dissemination of information, I think is what you'll see coming out of this. That's great. Dr. Bierman, is there anything you would add to that? And specifically, do you think as the editor-in-chief for an open access journal, how do you think kind of the expansion of open access journals has had an impact on uh, medical publishing? Well, I think first say that access uh, rapid reviews is absolutely critical for open access for print journals or subscription journals. Uh, researchers want to submit their work, they want it reviewed quickly and they want it displayed for others to read. So that's really huge. To follow up on your question, which was, how will this impact open access? I think open access is exploding at the time, at the right time, or coming, becoming more visible at the right time in which there's a public and there's also a, a professional population out there that really demands information in a very timely fashion. And it's setting us up for real success in this particular endeavor. What I have to say is to, to move this forward in a timely fashion to, to meet the goals of professional professionals who are seeking information in healthcare epi and also into microbial stewardship, we've had to be aggressive in trying to get content as for new kids on the block. But in addition, I have to really point out the tremendous, tremendous gratitude that we have, I have for Shea, the society, because people have served as reviewers. We ask them to serve and they rise to the mission of really helping us, the society, work with Itchy and others to launch ASHI successfully. So we've had great content reviewers, we've had great submissions from the Shea members, and that's kept us moving forward. So that's a critical component of keeping this project uh, moving forward at a, at, a, at a really rapid pace. Maybe kind of following up on that, what if there's a resident or a fellow or a junior faculty out there who's thinking, you know, maybe I would like to learn more about what, how to get involved with publishing or a journal. What would you say would be some first steps and, you know, how, how can people start to get involved or put themselves forward as participating maybe for the first time in a peer review process or, you know, learning more about uh, kind of this field? Well, I think that one of the things we'll do in ASHI, and we have this in the, in the pipeline, is short articles on careers in healthcare epidemiology. So you get a sense of what options there are in healthcare epi uh, for professional advancement. Then with the journal, we certainly want to continue to open up the diversity of the pool of editors, associate editors, and also of a larger reviewer pool to people who are, sorry, to trainees. That's really important. I also think that we should collectively, not just ASHI, but working with Dr. Calfi and others in society, really leverage the meetings that are coming up, Shea Spring, for example, ID Week, to have sessions specific to these journals together, Itchy and Ashi, how you can get involved as a young, uh, as a young faculty member or, a, or starting off as a faculty member, or even as a trainee. When I say trainee, it's not exclusively ID fellows or third-year fellows in health therapy, even residents who want to get involved in this. We actually give them the opportunity to, to learn about the process, to make their interests known, and to weave them into our respective project. Anything you'd add to that, Dr. Calfee? Yeah, no, I think those are all great points. And I, and I think I would even extend that beyond ID fellows and residents, but certainly people with all different spectrums of, of expertise are uh, antimicrobial stewardship pharmacists or infectious disease pharmacists and nurses and IPs who have interest in doing this should certainly reach out and get involved in the process. And I would say, if you think you have that interest, you know, reach out, sign up to be a reviewer uh, for Shea Journals, Itchy and Ashy. If you're a junior person that's never done it before, you know, maybe you have a mentor that you could ask to help you with your first reviews. 
And then if you really are interested in getting more involved after you've had that initial experience, reach out to the editor themselves. Say you're interested and maybe they have opportunities for you to get even more involved, perhaps eventually getting onto the editorial advisory board and getting that experience as well. So I think there are definitely a lot of opportunities out there. And we're certainly always interested in hearing about people who may have those interests. Yeah, I think this is a great opportunity for mentorship and sponsorship. So, you know, if you're a more senior faculty, I always try if I get offered a an article to review and don't have time, you know, suggest one of my junior colleagues that, that would be good to review it or even co, you know, review the paper with a trainee or something like that. So they get that experience. So I think that's all wonderful advice. So Dr. Kudrow, if I may add one point to that, and this is for, I think for both of us, for David and for me is that we're recruiting. If you want to get involved here, we're recruiting for social media editor or editors. That's, an, I think, a very exciting opportunity to join the projects of both Itchy and Ashy teams to have a designated role as a social media editor, get the word out, get the tweets out, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you really get yourself involved in the process. We're looking for young, energetic individuals to do that. Yeah, and I think the literature on the impact that social media and visual abstracts and things like that can have on disseminating work is really powerful. So I'm excited that both Itchy and Ashy are going to have individuals designated to help kind of expand the reach of the journals through that. So maybe final question uh, that I'll throw to each of you is, uh, let's say there's somebody out there who, who has a project and maybe they haven't ever published an Itchy and Ashy before. Maybe give me your 90 second pitch on why Itchy or Ashy may be the right journal for someone who has content in the stewardship infection control space and, and kind of what that experience will be like submitting to your journal. So I'll, I'll let you go first, Dr. Calfee. Sure. Well, I certainly encourage people to submit their, their work to us. Uh, our scope, as you mentioned, is pretty broad. Infection prevention, healthcare epidemiology, antimicrobial stewardship. We think the process is fairly easy uh, through the, the website you can get to uh, on the Shea website. And you know, we, have, we, we do shoot for a fairly rapid turnaround time for that initial review and assessment, sending it out for peer review. And you know, the, the benefits of publishing in, in Itchy are are many. Uh, certainly, it's, it's a well-recognized journal uh, leading in the field of infection prevention control and, and antimicrobial stewardship. The original and sort of flagship, if you will, journal of the Society for Healthcare Epidemiology of America. Uh, so I think there are a lot of benefits in, in publishing in uh, Shea journals, such as Itchy, uh, but certainly Ashy as well. So I'll just turn that over to Gonzalo. Everything that Dr. Calfia said is absolutely true. I'm not going to disagree with any of it. And I would also add that we're probably more similar than we are dissimilar. So we are broad scope, Ashi. We're broad reach. We are open access. You can download as long as you have internet access and make a PDF. You can download our papers. I would tell people, if you have an idea that you think is novel, look at us. We're happy to review it. We'll provide a high quality review and with a rapid turnaround time. So at the very least, you get a good review out of it. Do not be deterred by the article processing charge. If you choose to submit your manuscript to Dr. Calfee and his team. I think that's wonderful, and I wish you all the best with that. Know, however, that we do share content, do share ideas. So something that maybe not be quite ready for primetime energy may end up our way. That might get a favorable review and have an opportunity to be published also. So keep that in mind, too. That brings up an important question. So Dr. Calfee, talk about how the journals collaborate and cooperate, particularly oftentimes in sharing submitted work. Sure. And I think you know, one of the 
the main reasons why you know, ASHI was, was created is because we get so much good content submitted to Itchy, and we needed a second journal to really get all of that good content out to the world. And so we do have a process whereby if a manuscript is submitted to us, for whatever reason, it doesn't quite fit in. We're not able to accept it, but we definitely see value to it. We can uh, offer to the authors the ability to directly transfer it to uh, Gonzalo and his team for consideration for ASHI. And then once y'all receive that referral, Gonzalo, how do y'all pick it up from there? Well, first, I want to say that we're very grateful for that transfer. It's almost always high quality material. Uh, we do review it again. Maybe it doesn't go out for a complete review with multiple reviewers, but at least the associate editors take a look at it. Sometimes we ask for an additional review and it goes through the review process and then publication. I would state that the majority of the things that have been sent our way tend to be high quality and end up in publication. Can't give you an exact quote at this time, but it's mostly favorable. Yeah, that's great to hear and great to hear about how the two journals are working together to really maximize the great content that we're able to publish. So I honestly feel that we're working towards a shared common goal. We're not really competing. We're, we're collaborating companion journals, and it's been a, a great pleasure thus far. That's exciting to see and hear. Any final comments or topics that you guys wanted to, to touch on? No additional topics necessarily, just an opportunity to thank everyone for their support of Shade Journals now, both Itchy and Ashy. Look forward to working with everybody, receiving your great work, uh, and being able to publish your work here in the Shea family of journals. And what I would add is that uh, we are immensely grateful for all that has allowed Ashy to succeed thus far, starting first with Lindsay, who keeps it all together. Absolutely wonderful. Uh, the associate editors are great, and the creativity of the group is greater than the sum of the individual parts. It's really impressive. Shea leadership has been absolutely exceptional in backing us. The pubs committee has been very helpful, sending us some cool niche ideas and topics of interest, of which we're greatly, greatly grateful. And last but not least, the members. The members of the society have really risen to the call of either reviewing, submitting material. We've been very, 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 very successful because of that. I just want to echo, it's been a phenomenal year for, for both of our Shea journals, and I really want to thank both of you for sitting down and, and taking time out of your busy schedules to share a little bit about your background as well as your passion for the Shea journals moving forward. So thank you again to you both. Thank, thank you. you.